everyone. Welcome to Your Week with St. Luke's, our podcast on our weekly scripture. You got to hear from Ryan Bonfilio, um, kind of a redo of a lecture he did on the book of Ezra, talking about temple and tabernacle. And so your pastors wanted to get together and talk about what that means for our vision, especially this last um, pillar, which is about engagement and growth and moving from our campus to our community. So, so guys, what do you think this idea of temple ministry and tabernacle ministry means to you? So I'll, I'll kick off because I think for me, there's a, a bigger picture of it. Um, as someone who spent most of my career actually working in non-local church ministry and seeing things that don't just happen on a church campus. Now, I could argue that camp could also, camp and retreats experiences could also be part of a temple experience too, but there's 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 that separateness. So I think there's, um, I think the, the idea of temple and tabernacle challenges us to see the breadth of what the church, the big C church is, that it's not just what happens on a church campus um, and and keeps us looking beyond um beyond our our places and spaces that that we may think of gathering as church. Um, I talk about and we talk about in partnership classes um the the structure of our our buildings that we put across on the outside of the first worship space and that we put clear windows into our sanctuary to be sure that even within the space we're always looking and meeting Jesus out. So I think there is something about this concept that shouldn't be new to St. Lucas. It's very much part of our DNA, but I think there's an interesting challenge in this moment to think about it. Yeah. And an opportunity. I, I think uh, two things, um, theological and missional. Um, and that the missional is, is like you were saying, Melissa, go where the people are. Um, you know, when we think about the, the main initiatives and things that St. Luke's has done over the last 45 years, it's been um, to be with the people, to go where the people are, to be about what the people are about. Um, you know, no one else, no other religious group was doing things like serenades. And so while it was happening in St. Luke's, it was going out to reach people who have not been reached in the name of Jesus and have not been comforted and found healing and hope. And it's just, we can, we've all those amazing videos throughout the sermon series have, have shown those things that St. Luke's has done. So for me, it, it encapsulates the mission, the missiology uh, of St. Luke's. Um, and then the, the theological thing is, is God's out there, right? right. Um, you know, uh, Jacob has one of his crazy dreams where he pillows his head with a rock and, you know, and, and when he wakes up, he puts another rock on top of it and says, this is the house of God. And, you know, that's that tabernacle con God is here. I mean, it was by a river. It was two rocks. But he was he was saying God's not in these images and idols that cultures create. God's not in these buildings that we create, but God is out out there. So I think it's powerful to be reminded that that's who we are as as Christians and as St. Lucas. Um, and God's out there. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, because I, I think it, we could easily 
And I love the way Ryan was like, you know, it's not just about going back to the temple and, and after COVID it, it was about coming back, but it was coming back to the ministry. And, mm-hmm. and I do think us included, but a lot of churches and St. Luke's included, you tried to go back to kind of capture what was um, almost to the extent of losing what, be- what had become. Right. And what had become right. during COVID was tabernacle ministry. Yep. Um, and we did it great. But what right. we realized was it was difficult to do both. Yep. Um, and yet, I think there is a both and. Mm-hmm. But I think sure. it's a, a culture shift, a mind shift for all St. Lucas to consider that the both and really has to do with our people. Yeah. You know? So we can start tabernacle ministries. We've got a lot of ideas of starting tabernacle ministries, a supplemental school, satellite locations for different kinds of ministry, whether, and and probably not worship, but missional opportunities and theater and arts and all these different kinds of gathering, you know, pints and parables and gathering in, in, in communities off campus. Um, but it, it, the, but it only happens when people become tabernacle people. Right. Yes. That's... I think, yeah. I think one of the things that's different, um, or I guess is the, the iteration of tab- tabernacle ministry now compared to biblical times, or even some of the, the earlier, you know, even 20th century, um, church, uh, work is, the the concept of the tabernacle moving with the people was also to be among people who didn't know the good news, right? Right. Um, We are now in a time where most people have heard of Jesus. Like that, Jesus is not a new concept for most people. Uh, Most people have probably even had an interaction with church before. Um, And so a lot of our tabernacling work isn't necessarily introducing concepts for the first time, but it's actually repairing how those concepts have been used to do harm to people. And the reason they're not here is not because they aren't interested in um, a a Jesus who is centered in love and a gospel that is about um, wholeness for people and and society and, and justice and all of that. They're They'd be very interested in that, but that isn't the message the church has, has tabernacled with before. Um, So I think that's one of the, the unique, unique pieces of where we are now um, is also thinking about what, what needs to happen in those tabernacles. And it's not necessarily worship and it's not necessarily, or it's not necessarily worship in any of the ways that we do it on our campus. Now it might be worship in a micro farm um, while farming. Right. And, and those kinds of, of pieces um, are, are not just getting us out of the temple mindset or getting us away from the temple space, quote unquote. It's, it's thinking about what kind of tabernacling we do. Right. Well, and so much of the vision and what we've preached in the last few weeks, which, you know, there's been a couple St. Lucas have gone, those scriptures are a stretch. Uh, no, their vision. And I think they're really connected to this idea of not only is St. Luke's the organization going to do ministry differently um, and in new and innovative ways, but it's calling forth adults 
to find their understanding and their commitment to this work. Um, and so you've got, you know, we talked about more for children and youth. Well, the only way more for children and youth can happen is when St. Luke adults get serious about the Shema, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, I mean, you were really critical, Melissa, in picking that scripture for, for that idea of uh, more for children and adults or youth means mentoring from adults, right? Yep. So yep. why did you pick that scripture? It's one that has, has grounded a lot of my intergenerational work and how I work with a lot of different churches of who, who say, oh, we want to, we want to do better children's and youth programs. We want to, we want to be a place where children and youth feel included and welcomed. And we want them to, to know Jesus. And we want them to have this great experience. Well, all of that happens when adults are the church for them. It doesn't happen just because we create a beautiful space for them. We've done that. Check. Yep. It doesn't just happen when we have staff who are so good at what they do and so passionate and so in tune with our young people. Check. We got that. Um, we've had that for years. That's not new, right? But we are in a season where we have to be even more committed as the whole church. Because when you look at the discipleship of children and youth, the most uh, impactful versions of that don't actually happen in children and youth spaces. What what impacts children and youth the most on their discipleship, the things that turn that 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 tip the scales more than anything, is their interaction and and relationships with the rest of the congregation. Um, and so that's something we all have to be bought into, um, and that's something we all have to embody uh, when we lie down and when we rise, when we're walking along the road, and when we're at home. And and all the 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 passage talks about the whole of our lives, as I said in the, the lecture, the nooks and crannies of everything that we do. So um, that really, I mean, that that honestly could be a, um, a, a theme verse for a lot of our pillars. But um, for me, I, it, grounds, it grounds what ministry is supposed to be about and it grounds what a life of faith is supposed to be about, but particularly for young people. Well, and it leads into the next pillar about adult ministries, which is really about cross-generational cross mentoring, building yep. relationships, older people building relationships with young adults, young adults building relationships with older people, you know, getting out of our kind of here's young adult ministry, here's senior adult ministry, and here's parenting ministry, and the, and the, mm -hmm. the three things will never meet. Right. You know, and that's why we picked Philip and the eunuch. I mean, Jad, mm -hmm. what do you think about that? How, why? why that scripture well because we, we tend to isolate right and segregate ourselves from each other and then and put ourselves in these other definitions when when philip um uh and, and the the enoch story breaks down those barriers and it's 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 so early in the life of the christian church yes. right and and Acts is telling us about how the body of believers first understood the gospel and lived it out. Those stories are breaking down those barriers. And, uh, and, and especially this one with, with Enoch and the Ethiopian eunuch, it, it, it breaks all those down. Um, language wise with some of the stuff we didn't even get to get into language wise, cultural wise, educational wise, uh, how I identify or who we are. Um, and, and says that oh, we can mentor each other because there's also a mutual play between the two of them. That's just so beautiful that Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, um, have, and that again speaks to how all of us, no matter our generation or gender or cultural background or language, first language, 
um, we all can, can be a benefit to the other. And so a vision for, for more for adults and that cross-generational uh, uh, mentorship, right? There's great value in a 22-year-old and a 73-year-old and a 12-year-old, and each person can speak life and gospel into the other and be a mentor and a disciple to the other, just as Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. But it's going to require, again, like we've been talking about, for from adults, a, a, a ministry of tabernacling. A ministry of I am the tabernacle and they are the tabernacle and we're going to go and God's presence is going to be among us so that it happens not just, of course, it's got to happen on the campus. We've got to become more welcoming and intentional about not just saying hello, but I want to know your story. Your story influences my story. Our stories are connected, but what does it mean to go into the world and be these things for people so that St. Luke's and the kingdom of God is seen? Um, which is what I think Alice was trying to say when she talked about, I know the plans that I have for you. Cause see, that's where, that's where the rub is. You know, you ask more from me, but I'm not good enough, or I don't know enough and, and I'm not sure enough. And that's where the discipleship of who we are has got to grow beyond just a salvation story between me and Jesus to make sure that I'm getting into heaven, (laughs) which was never Anyway, that's another. Right. It's not <laughs> um, what Jesus. Another series of <laughs> It's it's that God is calling you, and what's your purpose, and how are you going to be used, and what's gonna, what is God going to do with you? Because there are amazing plans, multiple multiple purposes for your life, and it has to do with children, and it has to do with youth, and it has to do with young adults, and it has to do within the world. But what's that going to be? Because you're never going to live into your full potential as a disciple unless you claim that and become a witness and, and know that these are plans for prosperity and abundance in my life. Right. Yeah. And, the, and these, I, to me, it builds so perfectly on each other. And, and I think, you know, I haven't been here for every strategic vision we've done, but as I've heard the evolution of them, um, that the 4D vision was very much around different ministry areas doing different things, yes. that the last vision started to, to cross-pollinate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This one, you you can't really talk about one ministry area owning any of these vision pillars because they are all about how we all embody our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing I'm I that's going to make this a little harder to, to grab onto in, in some ways, but also means that you don't have to find a single place for yourself in this as you think about what it means. We are all called to live out the whole vision mm-hmm. because we are in every pillar, no matter what age and yeah. stage, no matter what our gifts are, no matter what our skills are all of those pieces show up in the whole thing um, because you, you can't, you can't do tabernacling work well in this last pillar. If you don't embody what Philip did in the story of the Ethiopian eunuch going out from Jerusalem, you can't um, do that unless you understand the Shema and recognize that it, it talks about your whole life. It talks about um, not having segmented parts of your life. Um you can't uh, uh, talk about it without talking about things like justice issues and and the things that we talked about last week of 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 wanting to be able to to address the those those more systemic needs and advocacy needs in our, yeah. our community. They they just all kind of um, 
intersect in ways um, and are woven together yeah. rather than just intersections. It's in, it's integrated. That's the word I, I keep thinking of. Um, it's integrated and 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 which is so powerful because that means things aren't isolated, yeah. right? Um, the the uh, the energy, the movement of the spirit, the movement of the body, the church um, is involved in all of it, uh, as opposed to oh, that's 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 you got right. No, it's we we got that right. Yes, yes, and it means this. Oh, oh, Jad, yes, because it means this vision has to be owned by every Saint Luker. Correct. Because it's not children's ministry vision and, and like the silo, it is all of us being commissioned like the 72 go, go into the world and, and do these things, you know, peace and healing and proclaim the kingdom of God, which as we said last week, the kingdom of God is not proclaimed, you know, just when Jesus's name is mentioned, but when advocacy is done based on the marginalized, when the creation is cared for, and in doing those things, if you study and please, we'll sit and talk with you all day long about the demographics yeah. in our neighborhood. They are longing for a church to do that. They are longing for for the church of the temple to leave the temple and tabernacle with God's presence among them in real ways that proclaim the kingdom of God. Yep. That is a witness. That's evangelism. And yeah. uh, which means when that happens, it's more for central Florida, which is what this week mm-hmm. is about. It's all about, you know, how will we be more for central Florida by moving into tabernacle intentional ministries. And we keep using this whole, this, this phrase of ripple for some reason. <laughs> so let's talk about that just for a minute before we close. Um, so there's this little movie that was on Apple TV called Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Yep. You'll hear a lot of the Last music. Christmas. Yeah. This Advent, but we're going to kick that kind of listening to that music off with this week. And, and there was a, a, a song that moved me. It was, it's by the writers of the same people that did Dear Evan Hansen, which is kind of funny since we used Dear Evan Hansen for our last vision. Last yep. vision. And so right. it's kind of ironic. I need to, we need to write these guys. <laughs> right. For the, for the next vision, we just need to look at whatever they've, they've written. What and they're doing. Vision. We don't have to do the process anymore. God's speaking <laughs> exactly. to us through them. Right. And, and this is just a glimpse. So you'll have to come back Sunday and understand a little bit more, but there's just this one thing we've, we fall in line, follow every rule, but is that something that we should take pride in? Because we're treading water in the kiddie pool when there are oceans we could turn the tide in. If you want to make a ripple, if you want to make a wave, playing safe, thinking small, doesn't move the ball at all. There's humanity to save. Yeah. You know, I love temple ministry. It's important. Yep. Yep. But hiding away in our temple just to feed ourselves doesn't move the ball, right? No. No. Yeah. It was funny. But I at a at a, a conversation this week, I was talking to a Saint Luke, and we were um, we were talking about um, reclaiming words. So going back to that idea that we've we've got to re, we've got to repair some harm that has been done by the church. And um, one of the words that we we use confidently at Saint Luke's is evangelism, but that's a word that is very triggering for a lot of people because that word has meant some really really harmful things. And, um, I was able to say, well, the, the word evangelism only means sharing good news. 
good news. It doesn't actually carry any inherent theological um, framework. It doesn't carry any practical requirement. Um, the joke that we we shared was that if you really like chicken fingers and you want to tell people how great chicken fingers are, that's evangelism too. And so the good news of chicken fingers. <laughs> I mean, and, we're evangels all the time. All yeah. the Have you time. seen that show? Oh, it's yes. so good. You should watch it. Yes, right? we are. No. We like that's that's half of our social media, right? Is evangelism mm -hmm. for whatever the the thing that we are passionate about is. And so, I think if we can shift our understanding of of what it means to do tabernacling ministry and what it means to to meet Jesus, you know, out in the world um, as evangelism in that purest sense of of asking the question for any community, what's good news for them? What yeah. what is what is good news? for these, these particular demographics, what is good news that the church uniquely has to offer that is not one thing for everyone? Um, that's where, where we, we intersect all of these pieces because I uniquely gifted in the ways that I am gifted and, and in, in, embodied in the places that I'm embodied in have specific good news that I can bring that is different than, than the way that that Jen or Jad or you listening to this can bring. And so when we all do that, when we all are confident in our gifts and our skills and, and our callings, then the the possibilities are just through the roof. They're endless. Yeah. They're eternal. Yeah. All right. So come back on Sunday, come to worship. We have one service, 930. Everybody's going to be together. Children, youth, adults, sanctuary choir, praise team, dancers. We've got special surprises. We've got, <laughs> we're going to be making ripples together. And then we're going to finish with a, a churchwide breakfast. I don't know. In 16 years, we've never done this before. So we're going to just gather and eat. And we've got Belgian waffles and chicken and waffles and all kinds of really good stuff. So come and join us and let's celebrate. Like, because we... Yeah. This is excitement, but this vision only happens, like we've said, it builds on each other for us. It builds us into better disciples. It builds us closer to Jesus Christ. It builds us deeper into the community, but it's also requires something from us, which means we live our lives, lead our lives in the world um, as the tabernacle. So thanks guys. We'll see you on Sunday. <laughs>